How many of you thank God for love lifting you? I believe God has something for us tonight. We thank God you may uh, be seated. We thank God for the water baptism in his name. Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongue as the spirit of God give utterance. And for abiding steadfastly in the apostle doctrine. There is but one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And God's name is Jesus. Amen. We are thankful tonight for our board of bishops, the presiding bishop, the senior, senior bishop, the other bishops. and um, Thank God for all these ministers of the gospel here tonight. Amen. And you all that have been here for the last, what, 11 nights? 11 nights with an expectation that God is going to do something. I want to call your attention to the book of Jonah, the book of Jonah, and I want to start reading verse 1 and have a few scriptures that I want to encourage your heart with tonight. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amathelia, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tosheth from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tosheth. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tosha from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty temperance in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the marinas were afraid and cried, Every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship and the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the ship master came to him and said to him, What meanest thou, O sleep, arise, call upon thy God? If so, be that God would think upon us that we perish not. They said, everyone to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lots fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause is this evil upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence cometh thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, God of heaven, which has made the sea and dry land. You know, give me a few minutes. Then there the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the prison of the Lord because he told them. Then said they unto him, 
what shall we do unto thee? That the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wroth and was temperous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great temperance is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it back to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was temperance against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord, and the Lord said, We beseech thee, O Lord, and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, <laughs> we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, has done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from a raging. Then the men were, uh, the men feared and the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made a vow. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. In the second chapter, in the first verse, is where I want to get my message, these two verses. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. I want to take for a message a cry from hell. A cry from hell. Or a cry from the belly of hell. Uh, this is a very, very powerful verses of scripture. And in it, chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 are powerful. Chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he went in another direction. Chapter 2, Jonah ends up in the belly of the whale in praise. Chapter 3 says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go unto Nineveh, that great city. I want to just share with you how sometimes God can't get us to talk with him or speak to him or communicate to him when things are going well. And sometimes what God has to do when we get out of the will of God and we get out of the place that we should be with God is he has to allow afflictions and problems or hells to come in our life so that he can get something out of us. There was no prayer from Jonah until God put him in hell. He had no intention on doing God's will until God put him in hell. All hells, thank God there are different levels of hells, all hells are not the one that you die and go to the fiery trial. There's a hell that God can put to you before you go to hell. 
And that's life hell. Financial hell. Relationship hell. Anxiety hell. Have you ever caused yourself to get in something? Or been the cause of your problem? Hallelujah. And you get in it and uh, you wasn't thinking about God before you got in it. In fact, you were going in a whole nother direction other than what God wanted you to do. And that's what was going with Jonah. He went in a whole nother direction than what God wanted him. But God had to put him in hell to bring him back to him. Somebody say hallelujah. Can somebody say praise the Lord? When God has an intention to save you, God has a will to save you, he can cause pure chaos and havoc in your life. He can cause things to happen out of the ordinary to bring anxiety, pressure, stress, sicknesses, disease, all of these things that God can put in us when we're not in the will of God, yet he wants to save us, yet he loves us, yet he cares for us, and he hasn't put us aside, but he put us there to bring us back to him. And it's, in, it's important when God puts you in hell to respond. See, Jonah said, I cried out of the belly of hell, and it is a blessing. Once something gets in your belly, before it gets into all of the acids, before it can be digested, your stomach can get upset. And before it goes through the whole digestive process, regurgitate. Hallelujah. Had Jonah stayed in there enough to be digest, hallelujah, he would have been turned into, hallelujah, uh, uh, feces. But he cried before he was digest. And when God puts you in something, make sure that you cry. Don't wait until that process is over. The minute you feel that God has allowed you to go to a certain point in your life, you better cry so that God can deliver you out of that thing. Somebody say hallelujah. My God, can somebody put your hand together and give God a praise? I just want to look around. How many of you are the product of a hell situation that brought you to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, everybody's not one, but many of us are products of a hell situation that before we went through that situation, we didn't want to be saved and weren't thinking about being saved. I look at uh, Ahmad when he got out of prison. He came straight here. Before you got in prison, you wasn't thinking about it. But God put you in prison, it'll, it'll run you to God. Sheffield wasn't thinking about being saved. He was on the street and running the street doing everything else. But once he got inside of that prison, he knew how to cry. And, and, and there was supposed to be 107 years. 
But the cry, all God wanted was a cry. All God wants sometimes is us to cry out from where we are, the wrong that we're in and the place that we're in, to cry out to God and surrender so that he can deliver us. And sometimes there are folk who are praying to get out of conditions, but they're not praying to get to God. Hallelujah. And then there are some folk that don't, don't want God as long as things are good. But God will allow your thing to go bad so that out of hell you can cry. And some folk that are right now have put themselves in some of the condition that you are in and God just put you there so you know how to cry to him out of that condition. Jonah said, I cried out of the belly of hell. I don't know if your hell is a relationship. You know, a relationship can turn to hell real quick. Y'all ain't saying much. You can get drugged through the mud. Go ahead and marry somebody that the Lord word is telling you is contrary. You're unequally yoked. And you watch. God will put you through sudden. That woman, that man will drag you through so much of hell. Ah, amen. I heard Tisa say, show sure up. It'll run you into a prayer robe. <laughs> run you into a prayer cap, run you into a Bible, run you right on the front row. It took that. It took that. That's the love of God. If God just let you go without letting any trouble come on you, God let you go without letting. Some of us, God loves so much that he just won't let us go. He let us go through something to bring us back to him. I thank God for every trial. I thank God for every trouble. I thank God for every plan that I made to leave him, but he wouldn't let me because he messed them up. And Jonah had made plans to go in another direction. I thank God for the plans that God intercepted. Amen. How many of you know that God intercepted some of your plans? Anybody in here ever thought about going back or anybody ever thought about going in another direction but God intercepted it? Sudden happened. He wouldn't let it work. He wouldn't. Come on, somebody ought to praise him. It's the nature of God. Get me Judges 3 and 7. It's the nature of God, and this has always been God's nature. And if you ever want to get out of trouble, if you ever want to get out of what you're in, if you ever want to get out of the affliction that you're in that God might have allowed you to get in because of your condition, whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a cancer, whether it's a disease, whether it's some, some, some financial status you put yourself in, that didn't obey God, some place you moved that God didn't want you to move, some job that you got on or something that you did, if you ever want to get out of it, all you need to do is cry while you're in it. Learn how to pray out of that condition. A lot of times when God put people in stuff and God allowed people to get in stuff, they just sit there knowing anything. The, 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 the thing that God put you in was for you to cry out. For you to acknowledge to the Lord, 
I'm in this mess and I need your help out of it. But we try to fix it. We try to fix our hell or become comfortable with our hell. Jonah was a stubborn something. God, and let me tell you, you be stubborn if you want to when God dealing with you. It gets worse. Jonah is so stubborn that he knows why this is going on because the men acknowledge he know why. And Jonah goes around and going to try to sleep through the storm. You notice, he wasn't the one that was worried. He was asleep. It was the other men that said, man, wake up. We know why this is happening. And you around here asleep. And you know why this is going on because he's going to try to be stubborn. And you know, you got people right now, you know God tearing you up because some of the stuff you're dealing with and some of the stuff you've done. Y'all with me? You know some of the stuff that you're dealing with in your body is based on the stuff that you're going on. And going back and forth to the doctors and the doctor can't find what's wrong. Amen. And you got things going on with your children and going on with yourself. Problem that you can't fix, and you know the hand of the Lord is dealing with you, but rather than go to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, you know what? I need to come back to you. I need to get saved. You know what you're going to try to do? You're going to try to find a way to sleep when God whipping you. Find a way around it. Find a way. When really what God is saying, cry to me and tell you, I got sinners that know why they're going through. Saints that know why they're going through. You're not walking in that place that you ought to be with God, but rather than cry out, they'll try to fix it themselves. It only gets worse. Kind of like the king Asa. Asa was going through and God was putting Asa through something, and rather than Asa crying out to God, he went and cried out to the physicians, and the Bible says he died. Died right at the, other, at the physicians because he's trying to get... And there's something about us, and we may not admit it, but there's something about us when we know that God is dealing with us. There's something about the conscience of a man, the human conscience in him, when God dealing with you saying, you know, I, I, back in the back of your head, I know why I'm going through this. I know why this is happening in my life. This is happening because what I'm not doing. This is happening because I've left God. This is happening because I'm not in the will of God. This is happening because I'm not in that place that I should be. And, and, and in the back of our mind, we know it, but we try to get around of it. But when God is dealing with you, you better respond. When God is talking to you, you better respond. Amen. You get in that relationship and then you get in the relationship and it break your heart. He done took your, 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 your check, your, your, your car, all this kind of stuff is messing up in your life. And you know that it's the Lord. And, and, and you're still trying to fix something that God is against. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You're going to make it work. You're going to force God to accept what you want. Heartbroken. Mind broken. Being drunk through the mud, but you know it's God dealing with you, so you, you, but you're going to try to toughen it out. Amen. My God, God is too big for you to be fighting with. It 
Israel had a lot of problems. They had good sense in some time. Look at Judges chapter 3 and 7. It says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam in the groves. They served Balaam in the groves. Wherefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hands of Chashrish them, king of Mesopotamia, and the king of Israel served Chashrish in them eight years. Listen, eight years he stayed there. And they didn't have to stay there that long. It said, and when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up and delivered to the children of Israel, uh, who delivered them even of the lamb and of Zenaz, Caleb's younger brother. So they, 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 they did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord let them go into bondage, and they stayed in bondage eight years. They didn't have to stay there that long, but he toughed it out. For eight years, he's going to struggle with God. But after eight years, when he cried unto the Lord, the Lord let him go. Your sentence of what you're dealing with is based on you. You can stand this thing eight years, or you can stand it eight days, or you can stand it 30 days or 30 seconds, but it's based upon your cry. And some of us who know that we are going through because of our wrong, but yet we won't cry to God and say, God, get me out of this, God. So you know what? You're going to stay there till you learn how to cry. You're going to stay there until you lift your hands up to me and say, Lord, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, and I can't deliver myself out of it. You deliver me. Jonah didn't come out of the belly of hell till he prayed in it and acknowledged God, get me out of it. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Can you put your hand together and say hallelujah? You got to know when God is dealing with you through your situation. And God is dealing with you through your afflictions. And God is dealing with you through your pain. And God is dealing with you through your trouble. And know how to respond by crying out to God. Don't get arrogant. Try to fight it. When you know that it's God whipping you, say to the Lord, I'm crying out because I want deliverance. Go with me to the book of Judges chapter 4 and 1. Judges 4 and 1. And here it is again. Seemed like the same system. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud uh, was dead. And the Lord sold them, here it is again, unto the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazar, the captain of whose host was Saria, which dwelt in Harsheth of, of the Gentile. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had 900 chariots of iron, 20 years of, uh, uh, 20 years of mightily oppressed the children of Israel, and Deborah a prophetess. So they were there 20 years in oppression. Now, they done got in trouble, did evil in the sight of God. God got them in trouble. After 20 years later, they cried and the Lord delivered them. They didn't get deliverance out of their oppression until they cried. Took them 20 years this time to find out that they needed to cry out to the Lord. He got them out. It took them eight years the last time to cry and he got them out. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Go with me quickly to the book of Judges chapter 6 and 1. Judges 6 and 1. Can you say hallelujah? And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. 
and the Lord delivered them in the hands of the Midianites seven years. You see that? Set them there seven years. It says, and the hand of the Midianites prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens and, and are in mountains and in caves and in stone. They live in mountains and caves. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up to the Amalekites, and the children of the east even came up against them, and they camped against them and destroyed the, uh, the increase of the earth. Tell uh, you, thou come unto Gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. Are y'all with me? Verse 7, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of many that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Verse 8, 9, verse 9, and I delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians. That deliverance didn't come until they cried unto the Lord. Let me share with you, there are some deliverances that are not going to come. God's not just going to automatically get you out of them. There are some deliverance that ain't going to come until you cry. The, deliver, the, the, the affliction that God put you in because of your sin or the affliction that God put you in because you arrowed away from God, you don't just walk out of that. Sometimes you have to cry out of it. You have to weep out of it. You have to surrender to the Lord and show that humility to the Lord because a lot of times it's our pride and our failure to acknowledge that we've done wrong. We want to get in and get out. We want to just jump in and jump out quietly when we've openly got in it and sometimes God said, nope, you ain't getting out of this until you tell me, Lord, I need your help getting out of this. You ain't going to get out of this mess on your own. You ain't going to walk out of this mess on your own. You're going to have to cry out to me because I want you to acknowledge to me, God, I should have obeyed what you said. And some of us, rather than break down and cry on the altar before God, and say, Lord, I should have listened to you. I should have followed you. I should have obeyed your voice. Hallelujah. We'd rather not acknowledge it. But I thank God for the thing that God put in my life to let me know that I was wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lift your hands up right now to the Lord. Say, Lord, deliver me. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, deliver me. Say, Lord, if there's anything I'm going through because of my disobedience, Anything I'm going through because I walked away from you. Anything I'm going through because I haven't been in the place that I should be with you, Lord. Lord, deliver me from it. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah? Can somebody give the Lord a praise and say thank you? I don't want God to have to put me through the test. And it's, it's good to have a repentance mind. It's good to be a repentant person that the minute you find that you are not where you ought to be in God and something is going on with you and your relationship with God, it's good to be able to repent quickly and if you repent quickly, you won't have to cry. So if you, if you say, Lord, I, I see where I messed up and I'm not going to wait until this thing afflict me. Glory to God. I, I messed up, I'm getting up, and I'm not going to stay in it and drag in it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to know that you're wrong. Hallelujah. It's good to know that you're in error. 
It's good to keep a repentant mind and a repentant heart and to be able to acknowledge God. Because let me tell you, many, many times you're, you're out of the will of God and you may be out of the will of God and think that you're all right. What God is doing is giving you an opportunity to come out before he, before he run you out. Before the police come, they make an announcement and ask you to come out on your own. And if you don't come out on your own, then they start throwing stuff in the window and tear gas and everything else to run you out. Now, God may tell you to come out and come close to me, but if you don't come out, after a while, he'll throw something in there. He'll smoke you out. He'll run you out. Somebody say hallelujah. He may be telling you to get out of that, that relationship or that situation, and you don't want to come out. He'll let that man beat you out of it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Amen. You might, amen. You might be wanting, uh, don't want to turn loose that habit of that addiction. God will have you so tied up in that thing that you can't get yourself loose from it. And then you have to pray, God, please take this addiction from me. Take this habit from me. I have no control of it. Somebody say hallelujah. But either way, when God intends to use you, and save you. If you walk out or he drag you out, you got to come out. Jonah didn't want to come out of his condition. But God had a purpose for him. Hallelujah. God was going to use him. And when God is going to use you, he has no intention on killing you. Some of y'all, you ain't, he ain't going to let you die. Because he said, I'm going to use you. But he's going to make it feel like you did. Jonah didn't go to the hell, hell. But he felt like he was in hell. And God said, I got a way of making you feel like you're in hell. And Jonah was stubborn. They, in fact, they, had, they threw him over. He said, throw me out. Hallelujah. And Jonah was looking to die rather than do the will of God. Now, I want you to understand something. Jonah was attempting suicide. He wasn't trying to be saved. Glory to God. His mindset was suicide. He was a suicidal backsliding preacher who has ended it, but God said it's not over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I intend to use you, and when God got his hands on you, you can't even kill yourself. <laughs> My God, somebody say hallelujah. I wish I had somebody here can give God a praise. The man wanted to end his life and God said, nope, you can't kill yourself. Hallelujah. Some of y'all have been to that place suicidal. And I've known people even, even in who have attempted suicide. But God said, no, because I got a mission for you. Somebody say, hallelujah. Somebody say, hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand, look them in the eye and say, even when you want to give up, if God got a purpose in your life, he won't, he won't take your resignation. Jonah said, I'm dying. I'm going to kill myself. But God prepared a whale to pick him up and swallow him. And out of the belly of hell, Jonah cried. Out of the belly of disobedient, Jonah cried. Amen. Sometimes it, it's in that disobedience.
ingredient moment. It's sometimes it's in that point where God is afflicting you that you can say, God, I realize how much I need you. I think when Jonah got in the middle of that whale's belly, Jonah saw all of, he said the seaweed was all over him and all this stuff was wrapped around him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jonah got the mission and Jonah got the message. God, I'm in a place that I shouldn't be. I'm a man of God. I'm a preacher. I ain't got no business here. He cried. And sometimes it takes God putting you in a condition where you look at your surroundings and say, I'm in a place that I shouldn't be. This ain't where I need to be. God, I'm not supposed to be in this state. I'm not supposed to be in that state of mind. It's there that Jonah cried and said, Lord, deliver me out of this condition. My God, somebody say hallelujah. And what I'm grateful about, Elder Johnson, what I'm grateful about, saints of God, that God don't only hear us, hallelujah, when we're on the altar in our right standards. Now, we know he doesn't hear sinners if they're praying for other things. But when you are praying for your deliverance and praying for God to deliver you, he not only heard Jonah when he was walking right as a prophet, he not only, but when Jonah was crying out of anxiety and crying out of stress and saying, God, please save me, he still heard him from that condition. God not only hears you when you're on your obedience, but when you're in that condition that God is putting you in, if you want out of it and cry, God will deliver you out of it. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I've known backsliders to have guns put to their head. I remember I prophesied to Brother Todd and I told him, now you go back out there. Amen. Death is waiting on you. And they went back and backslid and went in the world and was in a drug house. And they put the gun to his head and clicked the gun back and the gun wouldn't go off. He said he was praying. He said, Lord, please hear me. I don't want to die like this. Somebody say hallelujah. And somehow the gun couldn't go off. Somebody say hallelujah. I have been to hospital beds that people had terminal illnesses homosexuality uh, infested with AIDS but got there on that hospital bed and said Lord hear me one more time and God touched their bodies and raised them up out of their beds of afflictions somebody say hallelujah somebody say hallelujah I've been in a condition where I've seen people about to lose everything and the, the, the foreclosure was set because they walked away from God but prayed out of their anxiety and said, God, hear me this last time and God reversed it and turned it around. All God want to know is that I got your attention. Have any of y'all ever been in that condition where things were about to happen? I have went to hospital beds where children were dying because of the conditions of their parents and prayed and parents said I'm coming back to God and give my life back to God and God raised their children off of their beds of affliction he does hear you in the belly of hell he does hear you but he wants somebody crying to the Lord and said Lord I'll do what you want me to do I went down to the hospital with Nick to see Vincent Seven days, the doctor gave him to live. And I, his frail body dried up, looked like a walking skeleton down there in that, uh, in that hospice. He's in hospice. And the Lord wouldn't let me go. They've been asking me, 
several days before to go, and the Lord wouldn't let me go. But that night when I got out, God said, go now. Because it gotten so to that point, his breathing was labored. Body dried up. And I could see when you're about to die, and you know you're not ready, fear is all in your eyes. I could see the fear of death in his eyes. I told him, do you want to live? He said, yes. Prayed for him, prayed for forgiveness, prayed for him to get whatever he needed right with God. And that day God healed that man and raised him up off of his bed of affliction. That's been over probably 10 years ago. And the doctor had to go, gave him a week to live. Well, God raised him up. But you got to be in desperation. Don't let God have you in a condition and you're calm. And don't worry about what you see God's doing to some of your loved ones. Because some of you all are watching God do some things to people that are close to you. All of it is not death. Sometimes God is shaking them up to get them to cry, to get them to come to God. I could not get Bishop Brookshaw or Ella Shaffield to come to the Lord on the street corner preaching. But when they were incarcerated, when God put them through something, then a cry came from them. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah? Can somebody say hallelujah? Can somebody praise God for what brought you to him? I think you ought to take a few minutes to go back. You, you praise God for a lot of things. See, when your affliction brought you closer to God, then you know how to praise God for your past that brought you to God. You ought to praise God for everything that broke you down. Everything that put you to your lowest point. Everything that drug you to your lowest point. Thank God for prison. Thank God for sicknesses. Thank God for that abusive relationship. Thank God for that witchcraft that you couldn't get yourself out of. But whatever it was, it brought me to God. Whatever it was, it brought me to him. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. You ought to look at somebody and say, thank God. Every time I start straying away, God puts something on me to bring me back. Thank God. Every time I try to walk away, God lets something happen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Thank God he didn't let me get by easy. Thank God for every whipping. Thank God for every affliction. Somebody say, hallelujah. Amen. Somebody lift your hands and say, hallelujah. That's why David said it was good that I was afflicted. And David prayed out of the belly of hell. He said, have mercy on me, God. Thank God that I got a God that when I'm not walking where I should be, when I'm not close to him, I can cry to him in my anxiety. I heard David say, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord and the Lord delivered me in my distressful moments. Glory to God. Glory to God. I didn't understand something. And I understand it better now. I don't understand. You see, my grandmother wasn't a saved woman. She wasn't a saved woman. And 
Most of my relatives in our house, they all wasn't, they were mostly not saved. But I noticed something. Uh, 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 Sister Spencer, anything stuff would happen. Bad stuff would happen. Bad stuff would go on. And those, uh, those people that weren't saved, that knew they weren't saved, I don't think I ever heard my grandmother pray. But what I would hear her do is say, Lord, have mercy. I couldn't figure it out. Every time something would happen, they say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy. And some of y'all probably around some of your older folk, and you heard them say, have mercy. Now I understood. They weren't saved, and they know they didn't have no, no right to pray. No right to ask God for something. But they just said, Lord, have mercy. Be easy on me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, I know I deserve so much worse, but have mercy. I mean, that's the kind of prayer that David prayed, Lord, have mercy. It's something about God's mercy because when God have mercy on you and you know that you don't deserve that mercy, there's an appreciation that you have for God. And I just believe that there are some things that God allowed to happen in your life that you will always feel like you're obligated to God. Because when you don't feel like you're obligated, you don't really know how to serve a person and appreciate a person. That's why some people, when they, they know how to treat you when they ain't got nothing, but the minute they get on their own feet, amen, they don't know how to act. And sometimes you get so high and get so deep like you don't need God. God got to put you in some type of condition where you need him so you can appreciate him. Somebody say hallelujah. But is there anybody here know that you don't deserve anything that God has given you and God has had to pull you out of the rut and pull you out of the muck and pull you out of the mire? Can somebody here give God a praise and say Hallelujah. God have to put us through something to change our attitude. And don't worry. Pastors, elder gentlemen, sometimes we got people in the church. You ask them to do stuff. They act like they don't want to do it. Half serving. Half worshiping. Don't worry. Leave them alone. Let God deal with them. And go back and ask them again. If some of y'all here done told me no, I'm going to let God, when God get through dragging you through hell, I'm coming back. So God didn't force him. God asked him. He said no. God beat the devil out of him and then came back. Now it said in Jonah 2 and 1, watch this. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord out of the fish's belly. Now get verse 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, same thing I said before, arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it 
the bidding that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days journey, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. Now look here. Jonah, the Lord told him to go the first time. He said no. But after God put him through hell, a trip was supposed to take three days to get there. Jonah got there in a day. So that same person that told God no, when he went through hell, I ain't worried. Don't you worry about these folks. No, I can't do this. No, I, I, no, 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 no. All right, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let God put you through. I'll be back to ask you that same question again. After God put him through that, and so you got some people that think that God's assignment is counseled for you because ain't nobody bothering you now. No, I'm going to let God get through with you. And when God get through with you, we're going to ask you the same thing. We ain't going to have to worry. I don't want to usher. You're going to usher, sing in the choir, work on the sound, get the camera, mow the yard, rake the yard, put the leaves in the bag, amen, and, and, and drive it through the dump. When God get through putting something on you, you act like you don't want to do what God wants you to do. God can put something on you and say, now what is your answer now? Sometimes our ministry is tied up in God putting us through something. Our yes to the Lord. Who glory. I'm about to go. Our yes to the Lord is tied up and God's chastisement. My brother didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. He was a drunk to his heart. Did everything he wanted to do. But the demons got a hold of him so bad that he couldn't go home. Waking up in, in, in don't know where he at. That alcohol demon had him so bad, he'd be waking up in, 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 in the middle of the road somewhere. God got through beating him. I never forgot, never forget that morning, right before church, that Sunday morning, he called me and said, bro, I'm tired. I can't take these demons no more. That's all I had to hear. Boy, God let the devil beat him. Look like the devil was body slamming everywhere. Dope, alcoholism, everything. It got him so, you know, when you get something that you can't stop, When I, when I got down there to him, if I'd have told my brother to get baptized in lemonade and pickle juice, he'd have done. I said, brother, you, you, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Why? Because God had to put him through something. And when God brought him through that process, so listen, some of you all are watching and standing by saying this and we're getting ready to pray. You're watching, you're standing by, and even there are children that are raised in the church, people in the church. Hallelujah. And God is doing something. It won't take but a sickness. When you go down there and get that report, I had a, I had a, 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 a young lady came in here the other day. She was on weed, smoking weed. She called me on the phone. Pastor, I got to see you. I got to see you. I got to see you. I said, what's wrong? I got to see you, Pastor. Can I come see you? Can I come see you? She coming off, but she was so high. She said, pray me down, Pastor. Pray me down. Pray me down. Pray me down. I said, pray you down. What do you mean, pray you down? I, I smoked some stuff. I ain't had no bit of smoking. And it got me up there, Pastor. I, I'm going to lose my mind. Pray me down. Come on, Pastor. Pull me down. 
Well, I don't know how to pull you down. What do you mean pull you down? Yeah, you do, Pastor. Pray, pray. I'm seeing stuff. I'm hearing stuff. Please give me down, Pastor. Uh-huh. Pastor, I won't do that no more. That dope had her hearing things and hearing people and seeing people. And I told her, I said, I, I, well, I, I'm kind of kind of tired. I'm saying, oh, Pastor, come see me now, Pastor. I got to come see you now, Pastor. I got to come now. It put you in a condition. The crowd. This year, God's going to do something with your loved one. I said, God going to do something. Hallelujah. God going to do something. God going to do something. And don't, don't, get, don't, get, don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. One of them say, hey, I've been diagnosed with cancer. Don't get nervous. One of them say, I just got some time in jail. Don't get nervous. That's the belly. That's the belly. Sometimes we try to get them out. That's the belly. Time we'll, we 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 don't want to interfere with what God doing. I have been broken and praying, and I got back to back. I was just talking to my sister. Two of my nieces have lost children, and uh, they just lost them back to back. And I'm praying, and the Lord say, I'm just trying to get their attention. That's it. I'm just trying to get their attention. Not that God is just saying, you know, the Bible said the Lord give it and the Lord take it. I thank God for the afflictions that keep me right. Sometimes God knows what I need to be saved. That sickness that you got. That's just God remind us. You better you want to go and do the boogaloo and that pain hit you, you say, eh. Oh yeah. Amen. I, I I had a saying every time they got ready to go back, that liver thing flew up on them. They get to talking all that noise and about I'm just I'm just sick of these church folk. Pastor, could you pray for me that you see? That's that fence. God got a fence. Now, some of y'all can backslide, and you just going right on back there. But some of us, God got a fix on, fence on us. Some of y'all ain't got no fence. Y'all be looking, why, why, why is she always in church? Why is she always singing? Why is she always there? Shalom got a fence. Amen. That, that, that affliction, you see, sometimes, you know, and I think you'd be saved without it, but that sometimes God give us a little thing, just a, just a little souvenir to keep us saved. And I think that Shaloa Hart was working on what was it? Uh, how many percent? How many? I got a 13, my heart working on 13 percent. You ain't getting me to no club. No, 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 you ain't going to give me, y'all go do all y'all want to do it and do all that, drop it and everything. Uh-uh. I, God doesn't God done touch my heart. I ain't finna go out there. I'll be done drop that thing down. Can't pick it back up. You ain't finna get me. The Lord said, I know what I'm gonna do. I, I, I'm gonna praise the Lord. I'm gonna come to the house of the Lord. I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna praise him because I know. Woo. I know. Thank you, Jesus. 
Did y'all hear me? That other percent. That other 87 percent. My God. Hallelujah. Who has that got me living? That's the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. And you gonna be foolish enough with the 13% hard to go and vape and smoke some reaper. You must be crazy. I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna praise him. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank God, Nita. He been good to you, girl. You ain't thinking about no backslide. Come if you want to, devil, not me. You're going to have to go get somebody else that's crazier than me because they ain't that crazy. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I have went to people who are sick, physically sick, dried up, and come to the office and tell me, I mean, come down there with the oxygen tank on. Ashley, I'm giving up. I think I'm going back to the world. Man, you can't hardly walk back to the world. You talking about going back to the world, we trying to get you back to the car. And you sitting out here talking about you going back to the world. You about to live the rest of your life to the Lord and give the Lord the rest of your life. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Can somebody say, how many of you thank God that you're here and you're still alive and thank God. Hallelujah. That sickness could have killed me. That disease could have killed me. I'm for sure that because I'm saved, I'm here. And some of you all, you don't know what's floating around in your blood. Every time they say HIV test, you're scared to take it. Because you know something ought to be in there. Y'all come on, y'all with me saying, you know something. Every time they say blood test, you start getting shaky because you don't know what's in there. But thank God, amen, you're in the church and the Lord has kept you. You know you ought to have some stuff, but the Lord kept you. And you, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to thank him. I know it's the mercy of God and the grace of God. Now, I had a, a sister that was in the church, and she went to the doctor, and they had diagnosed her with HIV. We prayed for her, and God healed her, and the doctor couldn't find the HIV, and backslid. Man, if I went down there and they told me that I had HIV and they went back and prayed for me and I don't see that anymore, praise the Lord. You're going to have to take my batteries out my back to stop me from shouting. Because I'm going to praise God. You don't get out of nothing like that and just walk away from God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. You don't go through COVID and almost dead and go back in the world and talk about you want another joint or want a drink. Man, God brought you out of something like that. You ought to praise him. Is there anybody here ought to praise him? (laughs) 
God will grab somebody by the hand and tell them I'm on probation. <laughs> my God, I can't walk out. I don't want God to revoke my... I, I, I got to stay here because I know I should have been, I ought to have been, I could have been, but the grace of God. And thank God. And some of y'all talking about that physical stuff, but the devil should have took your mind. Hallelujah. But I ain't crazy. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Reach over and tell somebody all I've been through, I should have been crazy. Are you sitting down there acting like you want a backslide? Amen. And God done delivered you from all that jail time and prison time. My God, hallelujah. I'm going to come in here with a cop sign say, what you going to do when they come for you, boy? You better stop sitting out here like you don't know how to praise God and give God the glory. And you got the nerve to have some problems because a few people get on your church and, and, and on your nerves in church. I ain't going to church no more. I'm a backslide. Man, I don't care nothing about none of y'all. God's mercy keeping me. His grace keeping me. Y'all ain't got to like me to come to church. This is between me and God. You don't get out of what you've been through, Essie, and just stay away from God. Truck hits you, drug up, post out a killer, but you got out of it. My God, I'm going to praise the Lord. Some of y'all act like God ain't delivered y'all from nothing. Some of y'all act like you don't know what you came from. You're going to sit down here with your cute self. I don't care if it's been 11 days. He done kept you. Somebody ought to praise him. I know you've been going back and forth to revival, but somebody ought to praise him. God don't heal you from no stroke like that jazz and touch your body and move on you and give you deliverance and you walk away from God. No sorry buddy. You praise him. God don't hear you. I got folk here. Somebody the other day came to me and they had a test. They did it and they found some type of lump and thank God. Thank God if you didn't see anything cancerous. Man I'm gonna praise God. All these lumps and all these people dying and drying up and God done healed your body. You better praise the Lord somebody. Somebody ought to give God the glory. Somebody ought to say thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to do like Jonah. Get up. Next time the Lord come to me, Lord, you ready for me to go? I'm ready. Amen. After all, some of y'all been through what the devil tried to put you through, how the devil tried to take you out, how the devil tried to kill you, you ought to say to the Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you brought me out of death, whatever you want me to do. Somebody say hallelujah. My God, when I look at you, Sister Al, the door, amen, I think your siblings, uh, any of your siblings living, amen, there just wasn't all of them, all your siblings, and how old were they when they died? Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Uh, 36 and, and you're the only one living my God don't you know that's the grace of God what 26 how, how old 36 and 28 and 30 how old are you 40 girl you about to praise the Lord 
You better praise the Lord. You better praise the Lord. Because the devil thought he was going to take you out. But the Lord delivered you. Somebody say hi. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now look how, look how good God is. Now you got one over there supposed to have died from sickle cells. They told you you wouldn't make it to how old? Six, eight, however, what they told her. And then Sister Altador has suffered with sickle cells. Well, both of y'all ought to both jap slap the devil. Y'all ought, ought to just take over that road. My God, somebody say hallelujah. My God, hallelujah. So when you see me right here praising God, don't you roll your eyes at me. I know. And then God was so good. God was so good. You didn't know nothing about no apostolic church. God was so good. God picked you out. Woo, hallelujah. 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 Picked you out. Took you from down there. Brought you over here. Filled you with the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to thank the Lord. Look at you over there, April. The devil tried to take you out, but God healed your body. My God, somebody ought to say thank the Lord. I said he healed your body. You were able to sit down with your kids and raise your kids after having an open heart surgery. Lord, I thank you. Somebody, some of y'all, y'all missed this stuff. Somebody say, but you ought to praise it. Somebody say, hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, thank you. Give a drug dealer a trucking business. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Take a, a bush thug. Now y'all got thugs and you got bush thugs. Take a bush thug out of Georgia. <laughs> and give him a Florida wife. And put him in the pulpit. You can't tell me God ain't able. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. What you gonna sit right here with your cute self? Somebody ought to praise it. Somebody ought to glorify it. Somebody ought to say thank you. Mm. Tell somebody I'll never forget what he's done for me. I'll never forget crying out of my afflictions. I'll never forget crying out of that abusive relationship. I'll never forget crying out of that hospital bed. I'll never forget crying out of those addictions. I'll never forget crying out in the world of sin and saying, Lord, save me. Tell somebody, I'll never forget what brought me to him. I'll never forget the belly of hell that I prayed out of and God delivered me. Somebody say glory to God. Tell somebody I cried unto the Lord and he delivered me. Somebody said thank you. Somebody said thank you. I'll never forget the trap house that he delivered me from. I'll never forget the prostitution that he delivered you from. I'll never forget. Somebody ought to say glory. I'll never forget the addictions 
the reaper, the crack. Somebody say hallelujah. He's the only one that can take a crack addict and make him out of a deacon. I'll never, I'll never forget that my afflictions brought you out of alcoholism. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and say neighbor. If you don't know how to dance, I want you to learn tonight. He's been so good to you. Somebody ought to praise him. Think about where he brought you from. Think about what he brought you out of. Think about where you're living now. Think about what you're driving now. Think about your soul now. Think about what he's done for you. You've been so good. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I owe you everything. God, you're blessed. An ex-convict like me, you blessed. A drug addict like me, you blessed. An alcohol like me, I've got the finest. I've got the best. My mind has changed. I'm in the house of the Lord, and I want to say thank you. Somebody say thank you. I got crack addicts now that got their own house in front of the lake, lakefront property. I got hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Can I get somebody to say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who but God could take somebody with a felon and put them over other people with felons. Nobody but God. Can somebody say thank you? Don't forget him. Don't forget where he brought you from. Don't forget what he done. Don't drop holiness. Don't drop God. Don't drop the church. He'll put you back in that whale's belly. Don't you get proud and uplifted and stop praising him. You've got to live for him. You've got to praise him. You've got to glorify him. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and say neighbor. I thank God for the hell that he brought me out of. I thank God for the pit that he brought me out of. And I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to live for him. Grab somebody by the hand, tell them I was in trouble. <laughs> tell them I was in bad shape. Woo! Tell them I was in bad shape. But God. Thank 
you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't deserve none of this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Somebody ought to praise him. Praise him for what he brought you out of. Praise him for where he brought you from. Praise him for what he done for you. Praise him, hallelujah. Every now and then you just need to reflect. Reflect. Reflect on what he brought you from. Reflects on the benefits of salvation. And just lift your hands and tell him thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, by Shanda, Tanda, da Shanda. Oh, Halaba Shanda, la Diyeshia. Haya, Mama, Shanda, la Lamasha. Oh, you brought me from a long ways. Oh, Shanda, Shanda, da, 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 da. You don't know how bad it was, but he brought me, and he's still bringing me. And God, I'm crying, and maybe some of you here today that are in the midst of an affliction, and I want to tell you this, because sometimes while being afflicted, you think God hates you. Some of you say, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going through and all this stuff I'm going through. Just cry out. It may be something you're in that you ought not to be in. Just cry out. Out of that hell, out of that anxiety, out of that stress. Oh, Pastor, this thing about to run me crazy. Him, her, it, whatever it is. God said, cry out of it and I'll deliver you. Maybe tonight there's somebody that this message just fits your situation. Someone here that are seeking for the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, I want to pray with you tonight. But this message may just fit your situation. Why don't you come and let me pray with you and those that are seeking for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for these that are seeking. Amen. <laughs> 